Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Swiss Football Show. I am here once again with Giacomo Notari. Giacomo, hey, how are you doing? Hello, Emmanuel. I'm good, thanks. A lot of things to talk about. The league is on pause, but uh, the Nazi is resuming, so we are going to talk a bit about both. Exactly. It's the international break. Uh, many people in world football are not exactly fond of the international break, but for me, I absolutely love international break because... I, just as you, I, I really love our national teams and I'm always looking forward to seeing them play. Um, but luckily, um, we also have stuff to talk about from the weekend, from the league. There's been plenty of action and uh, we're going to put both in the, into this episode, maybe 50-50. We start with the league and then go on to the Swiss national team and uh, their games that are coming up against England and against Kosovo, of course. Um, but for now, I think we should... We should start with what has happened on the weekend in the Swiss Super League because, like we already said, there's been plenty of action and the standout game and standout result also definitely was the meeting, the clash between current champions Young Boys and soon-to-be champions FC Zürich. And FCZ, well, they just passed another test and they beat Ibe in Wankdorf, in Ibe Stadium, with 2-1. Um, it's been, uh, it was a very intense game, and uh, I, I, I saw it, and I never had a feeling that Zürich would, would leave with empty hands, um, because just once again, they were very good and very hard to break down. What was your take on that game, Giacomo? Yes, I think Ibe could have taken the lead in the, in the first half, because, you know, they had the ball, they were... A bit dominating, but once again, like uh, a bit through the whole season, uh, like you said, we were we had this feeling that uh, Zurich was so concerned about the game that even if they were a bit behind uh, eBay, uh, they were going to to go away with something. And it happened in the second half. You know, immediately one goal, and uh, the, they managed to turn the game for them. So they they got three points in the Wangdorf, and now the t title race is almost. Is almost officially over, and uh, yes, it's you know it, it continues. They continue their streak. They continue to to manage to get those victories, even when they start to struggle. Even when they they lost uh, one week ago against uh, FC St. Gallen, they managed to bounce back in the Champions Stadium. So um, it's it just it only confirms what we what we are seeing until now from uh, this fantastic season from uh, FC Zurich. Yes, definitely. And um, I mean, you, you already said it, um, the title race seems to be over now. Zürich now is at 62 points um, after 27 games. Second, Basel with 50 points. And so they are 12 points ahead of Basel. And on third place, we have Young Boys. But with um, Lugano, fourth, um, with the exact same point, Points both have 45 points. So eBay now even has to worry if they are even able to get into a top three position um, because Lugano is hungry, Lugano is dangerous, and uh, Lugano would love to finish on that third spot, I guess. Um, but before we are talking about Lugano, um, another thing about eBay, um, it's been now a very bad start for Matteo Vanetta, the new eBay coach, a former assistant. Um, last episode, um, me personally, I was sad that I'm convinced by Vanetta, 
Um, and I kind of still am because Vanetta does have a very big qualities. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure of that. Um, but his problem is that um, maybe the, the, the management change just didn't come in the right time in the middle of the season. It's a bit difficult with, with in a very difficult situation for eBay with a very difficult situation, not only um, looking at the, the sporting aspect, but also looking at the injury aspect. Um, I mean, there is, it's hard to think about a season where a Swiss title holder had as many injuries as eBay are suffering from this season. I mean, just this week, we had news that Fabian Rieder and Mumin Gamaleu are both missing again now for a couple of weeks. Um, so it feels like each time a, an eBay player crumbles and falls, um, they are out for a couple of weeks or even months in the case of Christian Fasnacht, for example. So Vanetta, I think just all the circumstances are very unfortunate for Vanetta. And now this bad start with a draw in Lausanne, by far the weakest team in the league, and now a defeat at home to Zürich, um, which probably means that the title hopes for eBay are definitely over. After four titles in a row, we're going to have a new champion and it's going to be FC Zürich. Yes, true. Vanetta has had a a disappointing start on eBay's bench, but like you said, you know there are there are the circumstances, etc. When you change a coach, all the injury, etc. Now he has ten days during the the international break to work on something. So we, we definitely want to see something more. He, he won't have uh, that much excuses against Basel because you know big game for the second spot. In fact, because eBay their their goal now is to reach at least the second spot because now the for the first spot is over. And, uh, you know, it's important for them to show that they are not third, they at, at least second. Uh, Speaker uh, said it, I think so. I think also. So uh, we'll see what uh, Vanetta will bring on that big clash against Basel. And there we will wait for him because uh, he really needs to, he, he doesn't have that much excuses. I, I'm still confident about him, to be honest, uh, despite the, the loss against Zurich, because like I said, in the first half, uh, Ibe could have, uh, could have taken the lead. And then who knows? Maybe they would have won the game, but it didn't happen. But um, yes, I think the his third game against uh, FCB will be uh, a major indicator of how much uh, he can be competent for that uh, head coach um, role. Mm -hmm. Yes, very true, very true. Um, but I also I, I'm just thinking about this um, now. FC Zürich is dominating the league with a clear tactical concept, right? Maybe, maybe the clearest and maybe even the easiest of the entire league. I mean, their concept is just to uh, get the balls uh, in the middle of the park, Most, mostly via Usman Dumbia, who, by the way, also had a fantastic game against eBay, had a beautiful assist for Blas Kramer, and then just <laughs> send your strikers uh, to the front with uh, vertical passes and uh, because Asan Cisse, Villignonto and also the two uh, wingbacks, uh, Adria Guerrero and uh, Nikola Boranjasevic, they are very fast players and with Antonio Marquezano you also have a, an, 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 an attacking midfielder who is capable of playing uh, key passes through the middle and um, so just it's, it's a very easy concept but it's still enough to um, dominate the entire league and also um, beat the current champions and take the title away from them. And I think that's quite astonishing, just what you can achieve in the Swiss league if you just stick to your tactical concept and have a clear plan. Um, because I think that's something many teams actually still lack, even though we are in the 21st century. Um, 
I still feel like if I'm watching certain teams that I'm, I don't really get their tactical structure and their tactical plan. And I'm sure they definitely have some, but none of them are as clear as Breitenreiters and also Peter Zeidlers, of course. And both of them are just surfing on a wave of success at the moment. Yes. Zeidler, of course, in the, in the first half of the season was different because he was sticking so much to his plan that uh, maybe it got a little bit in his way. But now he has found like um, a compromise and it's working again. And Breitenreiter just had this one idea and he just gave the squad um, a, a, a fitting game uh, plan. He's, he was just looking at the squad, it's the strengths from his players, and he just knows how to um, how to take the strengths and put it into, into one fitting plan. And... Yeah, it's just it just speaks for Breitenreiter and maybe doesn't speak that much for the rest of the league. Yes, it also shows that for Breitenreiter and Seidler, when you know the strengths of your group and you use them, you play with them, you get results. You know, uh, like you said, the, the it's an it's an easy system from uh, from Zurich. You know, because they know what their qualities are and they use it. They don't invent anything. You no, know? they don't try to to make players do something they. They don't know how to do well. Everyone is doing what they do at their best and it's working. And I want to add something about uh, Zurich is that Brighton Writer really managed to create a group. You know, of course, it's easier when you get the results. But uh, um, for example, against eBay, Guerrero, one of the most important players of the season, was in there. Aliti was taking the, the left uh, wing and it, it worked. Uh, Marquezan wasn't there from the beginning. The, the first goal who opened the, the game was Blatz Kramer, a, a bench striker, in fact. So everyone um, is concerned about playing for Zurich, is happy to play for Zurich. Of course, they are first now. But uh, since the beginning of the season, he managed to, to create that atmosphere. And uh, when everyone is, um, is on the same boat and uh, really caring for the same goal, um, like uh, like magic, everything goes better. So shout out also to Brighton Nine for his, his managing um, his managing uh, competences. Yes, absolutely. That was actually the next point that I was going to talk about. That, like you said, Marquezano, their arguably most important player um, in in well, well, it's uh, it's hard to pin down one most important player in in such such a fantastic season. But he's definitely one of them, Antonio Marquezano. Um, uh, he wasn't starting. Um, Adrian Guerrero wasn't there, also one of their most important players. And Blas Kramer scored the opening goal. One player that you would argue isn't one of the most important because Asan Zise is the clear starting striker and he's just number two or even number three behind Nyonto. Or four, actually, behind Tozin also. Tozin. Um, so he's just striker number four. But what you said is exactly correct. Breitenreiter managed to give every single FTZ player the feeling that they are important. And that they matter. And if you if you succeed in giving even your squad players, even your bench players that feeling, then they can also step up in important moments like Braš Kramer and score such an amazing goal. I mean, the assist of, of Usman Dumbia was fantastic, of course, but um, the, the, the finish of Kramer was very good, to be honest. And Kramer, remember, his contract is running out at the end of the season. Same goes for two other key players, well, Kram, another key player, I'm sorry, but for two key players, Asan Zise and Usman Dumbia. Dumbia would arguably, arguably be the most horrible loss because I think um, 
a little bit, he's still a little bit in the shadow. He's already 29 years old. He's, give, he's given his Super League debut very late, coming from FC Winterthur only last season. Um, but he's a ball winner, extremely, extremely active in the middle of the park, um, very capable of, of playing these line-breaking passes, um, a fantastic little player. It's just a joy to watch. And we all know with 29 years, it's probably his last opportunity to sign a big contract. So chances are that he's leaving Eftestead in summer. That's going to be a big loss. Asan Sise, now already 28 years old, is playing the, the, the season of his life. But you cannot be sure that he's able to copy that and uh, do another season like that. So there's also still a possibility that, that he will uh, feel tempted to take um, a big offer from a, another club. I don't know, like from a league like maybe for an, an, an Arab league or something like that, where you can, where they offer you a ton, a ton of money. Um, and then the third one is Blasch Kramer. And with him, maybe Zürich actually has the best chances to renew his contract and give him the same role that he has right now because he he kind of works in that role as being the the bench striker coming in when when it needs him and then delivering and i think that's something that he that he could be happy with maybe um so i wouldn't be surprised if they offer him a new deal and also i wouldn't be surprised if the other two players would be leaving yes uh like you said, for Kramer, he seems to accept his role, you know, because of course everyone wants to play from the beginning, but if he can bring something from the bench, he seems to accept it while the, the wins are coming. And um, about uh, Dumbia, I agree, you know, I think it's uh, no no debates, uh, top three of the midfielder this season, so he might get a chance abroad. And for Cizé, I, I think Zurich is, will try to, to keep him, of course, you know, best goal scorer. But maybe you know, I, I it's a good uh, it's a good possibility. Maybe you know, in one of those Arab leagues with a, a big contract, like it happened for some players from uh, from our league, even in Japan. Who knows? You know, um, that could happen. And you, you didn't mention someone uh, Nyonto. His contract is not running away. But I heard that uh, there is interest even from England for him. And um, it's also it gives me the possibility to say something about him. You know. A bit like Kramer, because he wasn't really a, a starter at the beginning of the season, but every time he played, like even 15 minutes, something happened, you know, so much goals, so many goals, um, you know, that energy, every, every time he gets the ball, something up. It's crazy. To be honest, it's crazy. And uh, it's clear that FC Zurich is not going to, to play his whole career in FC Zurich. He's going in a top five league soon. So, you know, at the moment we are enjoying him. But we have to realize, you know, 2003 is 19 years old. And what he's doing, maybe even 18 years old, but what he's doing at his age really deserves uh, respect. And, um, you know, it's going to be at some point a big loss for Zurich. And they don't want to lose all their key players like it's happening, like it, it has happened to eBay. And uh, look now, eBay is falling down um, during the second part of the season. Yes, very true. Vilinyonto. Um... Is he's 18 years old and like, like you said, and um, I mean it's crazy. The guy has 10 goals over all competitions, um, in, also which includes cup and league. Two goals in the cup, eight in the league. 18 years old, um, mostly as a joker coming in from the bench, making the difference there. Um, and I absolutely agree, he is a fantastic player. 
and just so fun to watch. Like you said, every time the ball is in his feet, he makes something happen. Something is moving. Something that's just a, a certain dynamic about him, a certain a certain energy, and the way he kind of kind of flies over that pitch, the way he dribbles. Um, it's fascinating, and we can just once again only congratulate the FZZ management for being able to snatch him away from Inter Milan, uh, Inter Milano. Um, because he was already there when he was at Inter, uh, thought of as being one of the brightest talents of Italian football. And somehow Angelo Canepa and the FZZ management <laughs> convinced him to come to Zurich. And uh, I don't know what they did. I don't know how they did, but it's freaking amazing. And this season he has fully arrived and now he's, yeah, he's a very important player and he's playing his role. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if if there are actual offers coming in for coming in for him in the summer. Um, but I could imagine that he would stay another season, especially with uh, uh, the possibility of playing Champions League. Um, same, by the way, goes for Bejir Omaragic, who also has a mountain of interests, um, mainly now coming from the Bundesliga, it seems, uh, but also still Serie A is a possibility. He has actually changed his management this week. He has been with, I think, with Di Domenico, um, who also manages the legs of Christian Fasnacht and Sandro Lauper, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken, he was there. And now he is with SPE management, which is the management of Degen, the Degen brothers, or now just Philip Degen. Um, so that's always a clear indication that something is about to happen, right? Um, and I would actually say with Omaragic, it's more likely that he will leave that with Nyonto. Um, but both would be, it doesn't matter who would leave of, of, two, of the two of them, either one would be a big loss, obviously. Absolutely, yes. Omeragic seems almost obvious, you know, that he is going to leave already last summer or this winter. Uh, he is getting better and better. So at some point, he's going to leave, of course, to a, big, to a bigger league. And um, just to finish about Nyonto, you know, it also takes courage because he left. Um, Inter at like 16, 17 years old and uh, everyone there I, I thought was like what uh, what is going to do in Switzerland you know at, at that point Zurich wasn't competing for the title you know they were <laughs> they were low on the on the ranking uh, and he, he risked it and now uh, he's getting is uh, is um, getting rewarded because uh, he's going to play European football if he stays and if he doesn't stay uh, his, his, his transfer to Zurich will um, enable him to go in a bigger club so um, Nyonto did the right choice. We also have to keep in mind that he's the captain of the U19 uh, Italy uh, Nati. So it's, uh, you know, we really have a, a big diamond in the, in the Super League. And um, really, we have to keep an eye on him because it's the kind of profile that can be useful in, in big clubs, you know. So maybe he, he has a, a bright career um, coming from he, for him uh, we don't know but uh, at the moment we, we continue to enjoy him yes absolutely and um, we also should say that this whole Nyonto case is just the best advertising that the Swiss Super League could get um, because like you said it's it's a, a highly rated kid coming in from from a big team moving to Switzerland everybody thinking like hey, what the hell is is he going to do in Switzerland and it just works and he's just exploding. And that's a very, very good advertising for the Swiss Super League for similar, similar players coming in from other, other leagues, um, going a similar path, seeing that it's possible to 
grow in Switzerland, getting game time in Switzerland, develop in Switzerland, and then eventually get a big move when you're ready. Um, so I think um, Zürich might have really done exactly that, what Basel is trying to do since Degen took over with all these wonder kids uh, coming in from different leagues and trying to form them. Um, but uh, with Nianto, it, it worked from the spot. And it also seemed a little bit unforced, so to speak, because it seems a little bit more natural than what Basel is doing, because Basel is doing it in a much larger scale and with much more players uh, quantity-wise. Um, while Zürich just had this have this one case of Nianto, where they just discovered a player that they... Uh, that they just uh, wanted to have in their squad, that they thought of uh, being um, a real option for them for the future, giving them um, a quality that they don't have and convincing him then to come and then developing him further and now kind of having um, the possibility of maybe gaining 10 million francs with him. It's That's a sum that's uh, rumored right now. So that's going to be very interesting what's going to happen to all these FTZ players in summer. But I think for the moment, we should move on and come to the next topic, um, which is Lugano. We haven't talked about Lugano in a while now, and we really should, because like I said before, they are uh, they have the same points as eBay, 45 points of the 27 games, which is a fantastic output for Lugano. And they are now really hungry, Giacomo, right? Yes, they now have two chains to reach Europe, you know. The, the main focus, uh, like since the beginning of the season, is the Swiss Cup, you know. The semi-final coming up uh, against Luzern in the middle of April. And now they are the same, like you said, same points uh, of eBay. eBay doesn't have plenty of players. Also Basel, you know, we don't know if they're going to, to manage to keep that. So they have almost three chances to, to get to Europe, replacing Basel, eBay or winning the Cup. And uh, everything is rolling, you know, uh, Crocitorti, uh, like Brighton writer, uh, we said he uses the strengths of the group. He's doing the same thing, you know. Um, he knows that, you know, he puts Maric, Dapelat, Sigler, the defense is going to be strong, not concede much. It works. Uh, he's, he has a bit of creativity with Botani, a strong midfield. And um, his choices are, he almost never misses his choices. And so he manages to, to make the, the games look easy. You know, uh, he, he just won uh, two games against Sion 3-0 and Lausanne 3-1. So six goals from Lugano is unexpected. And they didn't even pu push that much, you know, during those games, Lugano. It was really, uh, they were um, dominating the game. They were controlling the game. And then when the, um, the opportunity was there, they managed to score. So really, um, I think in the, it's really, um, learning Crocitorti how to deal with uh, the games, how to um, to to manage the whole game and uh, make it easy. And that's where you that's the moment where you you see um, the a coach development. Also, you know, being able to think about also the next games and uh, just control the game, not getting too tired or something with your players and, and continuing to, to get the points because Lugano, like you said, is rolling very well and they have a big opportunity this season, even if nothing is, is, still, is still done. I absolutely agree. And I think it's now the right moment just to, just to pay tribute um, to what they did, not only last summer since the takeover, but also in the winter. Um, because honestly, right now, um, I think Lugano as one of the, the strongest and most interesting squads in the league. If we just look at the players, they have the likes of 
starting at the back, Amir Shaipi, your 21 Nazi goalkeeper in defense. Those, those old guys <laughs> that are still doing a good job, the Prela, Ziegler, Maric. They have uh, on, on the fullback positions with Numa Lamonchi on the right, Milton Venezuela, Valenzuela, who came in from MLS in winter on the left, two very good players. Even though uh, Lamonchi is likely to leave in summer on a free, and they have Kevin Ruek, Mattia Botani, Maron Hale Selassie, Sandy Lovric, Mohamed Amura, Ignacio Aliseda, Sanchelar. So this is a very good Super League side. It's nothing short of a very good Super League side, um, in, also in their, in their depth of the squad. And I think there are now just two question marks. First is, um, like I said, Lamoshi is leaving on a free. Miat Marif's contract is running out as well. These are two absolutely essential key players. Um, Custodio, Custodio is also leaving on... Custodio is also leaving, but I think Kevin Ruiz playing in the middle, they are already trying to replace him. Like they are planning Kevin Ruiz in the middle, I think, because he's played there now the last couple of times and could be that he is already the in-house replacement for Custodio, right? Maybe. Yes. And yes. or maybe if Lamoshi leaves, that, that's a space for Ruiz on the right. That's also possible, right? That he plays as, as, as right wing back. But we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But for, for now, the question mark for me is how will they cope with the departure of Lamoshi, which is certain. And the one of Maric, his contract is running out, and it's unclear if he will renew. I mean, the guy is now, what is he, 37 years old, something like that? Yes. Um, if he feels fit enough for another season, maybe a European season, if he will agree to a new contract or not. If he does, that would be very important, because he, for me, he's the heart of the defense. Um, if not, then, well, um, that's going to be a big big task to replace him also in, in, the, in, the, in the changing rooms, not only on the pitch. Um, the second question mark for me is if Lugano is able to purchase a real number nine next summer, a real target man, a, 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 just a, a natural striker. Now, they haven't had a, a working striker, I think, maybe I'm wrong, since Armando Sadiku, like a, like a bomber, so to speak. Yes. Um, they have now San Cellar. He's doing fine, but to me, he's not like your... Your, your killer, your poacher in the box. He's not that to me. He's a decent player. I, I do see some potential in him, but I really think Lugano lacked a poacher, like uh, eBay have with Sivacö Zürich, this season at least have with Cisse, Basel had with Cabral, um, that type of profile. Because if you want to close the gap to these three teams, you will need to have that kind of player, I think or just a striker of that format. So my second question mark is, like I said, if they will be able to purchase a player of that profile next summer. Because if they do, um, then they really could be playing, especially if they qualify for, for Europe, a very successful season, also on the international stage. What do you think, Giacomo? Or is Lugano fit and ready to play European football? Yes, but I am... To be honest, I am a bit worried about what is going to happen this summer because we already mentioned uh, Lavanchi, Custodio, they are gone. Marriage probably is, is over. We also heard something about Ziegler. Not sure that he continues. Uh, Sabatini, his contract still hasn't arrived. Uh, you know, Lovrich signed to, to in Italy, uh, apparently. So they're losing at least four to four to six key players. And it's a lot, you know. Even if then you, you can replace them, especially if you have... Uh, the European football, you know, it's attractive for new players. 
but you know i'm not that optimistic for the next season and that's why i think that during this uh, end of the season you really have to give everything to finish well and to you know not having regrets for next season and you know maybe winning the cup uh, finishing third because next season is not going to be that easy but of course um, what lugano managed to did this year uh, especially if we think uh, what were the, the talks at the beginning of the season, you know, a uh, new property, uh, the coach from Brazil, uh, maybe they're competing for the for the barrage, etc. You know, they they played against every bet, like FC Zurich on top. Huh? Lugano and Zurich, maybe two of the biggest surprises this season. And um, they really deserve what they're doing right now. And I hope they don't lose everything because they can still finish third spot and uh, being out of the cup against Lucerne like last year in the quarterfinals. So job's not finished, but uh, until now, really, Crochet um, Torti uh, deserves a lot of credit for the work he has been able to do in such circumstances. I, I agree. Sorry, my I was muted. <laughs> uh, anyway, I agree. And uh, what I was going to ask you is, um, uh, do you think now, given the possible or, or already um, confirmed departures of some of those players you mentioned, um, Lugano would still be able to do a good job in the Conference League or do you think that they will crash out in the qualifiers? It depends uh, who is coming to replace uh, the, the leaders that are leaving this summer. Um, I'm not sure that uh, if we only keep the same and we're taking some players from the Challenge League and from Chicago, it's enough to, to qualify, to be honest. So, I, you know, the, the new Lugano property has money. So they, they can, you know, just bringing someone like Kevin Rugg, you know, FCZ captain, U21 captain, he has a big pedigree. And uh, it means that Lugano maybe starts to be um, uh, a bit more attractive. Huh? Rig was uh, in talks with eBay, and uh, at the end, he came to Lugano. So, a surprise. Also, Saipi. You know, so maybe if this summer something happens with new players with a lot of quality, they can do something in Europe. But otherwise, I don't think that just losing all those starting players without really replacing them, it's not going to be. Uh, it's not going to be that easy. Mm. Yes, obviously. I know, definitely. Um, Giacomo, do you have anything to add to Lugano or should we close this chapter? No, the only thing is that um, there are still nine games left. Uh, you have to win a, a two games in the cup against Lucerne, one of the most in-shape teams at the moment, plus the, the final if you qualify. So, uh, like I said, Lugano can still lose everything. So, it, it's not over and... Um, they they have to continue for two two and two and a half months because otherwise they will finish the season. The season will still have been great, but in fact they will be with empty hands. So the, they they have to continue to stay locked in and, and focused. Mm, definitely. Um, just before we move on, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to the assist of Kevin Ruek on Sunday against Lausanne Sport, the assist for Numa Lavanchi. That was honestly one of the best assists I've seen this season. Hands down. Excellent. If you haven't seen it, look it up. Um, you can definitely find it on, on, on YouTube if, you, if you're looking for uh, the summary of the game uh, between Lugano and Lausanne. Um, a pass like a poem. 
<laughs> a, an excellent pause. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, so Kevin Ryek also now seems to have his starting position. He seems to be doing well, which is great. Um, always like to see our, our Swiss youngsters doing well. So that's great news as well. Um, but now I think we should move on, close the chapter Super League and come to the Swiss national team. Because right now we are recording during the international break. It's Wednesday. The Swiss Nazi is playing on uh, Saturday in Wembley against England, a friendly, um, which feels like, uh, you know, friendlies after. I mean, it's been quite a while since we had lost friendlies. Oh, no, actually, not it was last autumn, right, against Greece. Um, but still, we have had, it was such an intense year with the Euros and with the World Cup qualification that, so, like, these games right now, they feel a little bit uh, lighter, a little bit uh, less, uh, how should I say, less stressful for me, <laughs> for yes, my nerves. Less stressful, less stressful. Yeah. <laughs> less stressful. Um, but it's a game I'm looking forward to. And then, obviously, um, next week, there's the big clash between Switzerland and Kosovo, the first ever duel between these two nations in the Letzigrund in Zurich, and it's going to be a big party. And because obviously there's a big uh, Kosovar diaspora in Switzerland, and uh, obviously also the Swiss national team has had over the years many players of uh, Kosovan roots, and uh, vice versa, many players that are formed and born in Switzerland are playing for the Kosovar national team. So that's going to be um, a very interesting game and also very emotional probably. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that game as well. Um, the Swiss Nazi right now is preparing in Marbella in Spain. Um, Murad Yakin has called up 25 players and he somehow managed, even though it's just friendlies, to not call up a single new face, which stirred up some discussions. Giacomo, what is your take on that? Yes. Uh, once again, I think is Murad Yakin is continuing with the with the same group that gave him satisfactions until now, so we can understand it. Um, yes, of course, you know, we are we, uh, every time we want to see some fresh air, some new uh, faces because you know it's exciting to see new new faces in the national team but you know we can't we can't really blame him for that you know they he managed to qualify without uh, uh be beating no not beating italy but uh, instead of italy italy has to play the barrage so he continues with his same heroes let's say and um and you know now you want to continue to see if if uh, the the same group can continue by playing those games less stressing like you say if he continues to get the right response the right answers from those players and if not maybe he's going to switch one two three of them and substitute them with uh, some players of the pk list but otherwise i i think the message uh, yakin is sending now is that um he already knows uh, more or less the group that he wants to bring to to qatar Yes, I think that's a very good point. Um, he, in his mind, obviously, there's only Qatar. There's National League in summer, but that's not as important. And the focus is on Qatar in November and December. And you're totally right. All the planning that, that is going on right now is focused on Qatar. And they are now trying to build a group. And he also, he publicly said it like that. He said they wanted to construct a group um, that is able to compete for something in Qatar. And they are... I mean, it's it's definitely the, the, the most likely case that um, these players that are now called up um, will, if they are spared from injuries, 
be the ones that travel to Qatar. This is the group that he's uh, planning with, and he just wants to, you know, just uh, create an atmosphere of, 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 of unity inside this certain squad of players. And so it kind of does make sense to stick to the same players and not invite new faces and spread uncertainty or something, but stick to the same, um, kind of develop a real unit inside of this squad, just a real group that can compete for something and then be ready for the World Cup. So I think from a managerial perspective, it's totally, um, just totally justified to not call up new players. As fans, like you said, it we are of course a little bit a little bit disappointed because we are like, okay, come on, I want to see this player, I want to see that player wearing the Swiss shirt. But uh, there will be the time for that, but it's probably not in a World Cup year. We have to accept that. Um, maybe for the Nations League, it's possible. Maybe that we'll see some new faces, or like we said, if injuries are happening, then we have a great squad of 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 players um, who could um, come in and replace them. Um, so that's definitely not a worry that we have not enough players. We have actually too many because we have so many that we would love to see. Um, but I think, um, like I said, it's totally justified to stick with these players now and see what they can do in these two friendlies. And also, um, it'll be interesting to see how Murat Yakin will work together with his captain, Grani Chaka, because Chaka has been out in autumn when Switzerland qualified for the World Cup. He wasn't playing a single game under Yakin yet um, due to, I think, uh, injury or, or, or COVID or one of both. I, I forgot. Uh, maybe even both. Um, but uh, so Yakin um, is now for the first time ever together with his captain. And for the first time ever, Yakin has called up Shodan Lotomba. <clears throat> Lotomba, I'm sorry, but Lotomba is not in that sense a new face because he's been with the Nazi before under Petkovic, but Yakin hadn't had no use for him last autumn, but now he's here. So these are the two players that will meet, will meet Yakin for the first time ever now as Nazi coach. So these are like the only factors that we can see like some surprises because the other ones already were under Yakin. Yes, uh, about I, I forgot what you you said about Shaka, but true, it's going to be really important to see the relationship between those two if 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 he can still rely on him uh, as a captain because he has two in fact, but it's really a, a clue point that um, the, a key point, sorry, that uh, he gets along with him and that they get the they are on the same uh, vibe, etc. And uh, about uh, Lotomba, yes, a new new chance for him. You know, he's doing pretty well in uh, in Liga, I think. So it's nice to see him back. But uh, we will see, to be honest, and about the, the fact of the stability, you know, um, about uh, Yakin's choice to, to stay with the, same, with the same players, we have to keep in mind that uh, Switzerland doesn't have the, the same individual quality as, the, as other favorites for the World Cup, you know, uh, the big European nation, Brazil, Argentina. So when you are a nation like that, you have to also to focus on the, on the chemistry, you know, on the, on the symphony of the group on creating really something special in order to to go and to compete with the with with nations that have better players but uh, you you can make the difference with the with your group you know with the strength of the group with the link you created in the previous months so that's i guess the direction that uh, yakin is deciding to take um uh, in in those months uh, preceding um, the the world cup which will take uh, place on winter. Yes, most likely, definitely. 
And also, I mean, the euros aren't that far away um, from last summer. I mean, it's, it will only have been a little bit over a year, not even one and a, well, a little bit less than one and a half years into euros when the World Cup starts. And obviously during the euros, um, a certain chemistry kind of formed itself along this magical, beautiful journey. So I think it's very well possible that uh, kind of a same magical atmosphere could be recreated in Qatar, even also most likely because um, this is essentially the same group of players that already was at the Euros. So they already know each other, just some new additions like Noah Okafor, for example, to bring in some new energy um, along the way. Um, but other than that, I think, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay to, to stick with a consistent squad of players and uh, yeah, just focus on Qatar and uh, make something magical happen. That's all I'm asking for. Yes, we um, hope so. We hope so. Yeah. Um, about these two games, um, in Wembley against England, it's going to be a big task, hard game. If Switzerland doesn't lose, then that's already something. Against Kosovo, um, like I said, emotional duel. Um, Kosovo has a decent squad of players, but there, anything else than a victory would still be a disappointment, right, Giacomo? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the big, big test in England, like you said. I, I think that uh, probably Switzerland is going to play a bit defensive, like they did uh, in the first Yakin game, you know. And the I think the goal is not to go to 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 Wembley and concede three or four, you know. They they will try. Yakin will probably try to to um, focus on the um, on a strong defense, and then maybe if we have a chance to to get something, but it won't be a, a disaster to lose there. We because you know it's the first uh, friendly, and then in Kosovo, of course, even if it's like you said, a big party, we don't really care about uh, the results. You you still have to to get the to get the win. So two different type of games, one home game, one away game. But uh, the, it's interesting because Switzerland is not playing against England and Spain two times where they are the outsider. They are playing one time as an outsider in Wembley and one time as a favorite in Letzigrun. So uh, we will we will see two faces of the of the Nati, the face when they will have to suffer and try to get something, and the face where they will need to show that they are uh, better than than Kosovo and to get a, an easy winner and to dominate the for 90 minutes yes definitely also um just keep in mind that since the euros switzerland has looked always very very good against these big opponents at least let's say since the first group game against italy that one was catastrophic but afterwards obviously the big win against france and the heroic performance against spain and then now two very good games against Italy, um, drawing two times and in the end uh, uh, beating Italy for the first place in the group and sending them to the World Cup playoffs, the reigning European champions, that, which is still crazy in my mind if I think about it. Um, so Switzerland has looked very good in recent times against big, big teams. And against England, we kind of have um, an old, how should I say, we, we have to kind of uh, we still have an, an affair open there yes a little bit of a revenge there because you remember a nations league final four in summer 2019 um in portugal switzerland was destroyed in the first game against portugal via a ronaldo hat-trick 
um, and then came to the game for third place against England and lost on penalties. So that was a little bit uh, frustrating there. So maybe we can now get our late revenge, so to speak, and then maybe, maybe, maybe uh, get a nice result in the in the Wembley. But other than that, um, I think you know it's it's going to be a, a great game, great game to watch. And uh, like I said, Switzerland has always looked good against big names in recent times. So um, I'm thrilled for that game. Yes. Absolutely, you know, a lot of players from 2019 are still in the in the Nati, so they remember that, and they will, of course, uh, try to to make it uh, for, forget to to forget uh, the the loss on 2019 and try to get something in, in Wembley. And actually, Noah Okafor gave his Nazi debut back in 2019 in that exact game against England. He was then called up after his excellent uh, couple of months with Basel as a very young player, um, just to be for the first time with the Nazi. And then Petkovic used him as a sub, I think, in overtime against England. Um, but he didn't really get any chance there because Switzerland uh, was mainly trying to keep the zero to go to the penalties. And then to, for Josip Trmic to step up and miss the decisive penalty and handing us third spot. but. At first spot, fourth spot, obviously. But, you know, it's just Nations League um, and we'll get another shot at the Nations League in summer. So nothing wrong with that. Um, maybe we could have... Uh, we, we, we should actually move on from the Nazi to the U21 Nazi because... Or, or maybe because we... Before we move on, let's talk about... I'm sorry, it's a little bit of a mess here in my mind right now. We should talk about... Uh, something that has also been very much discussed with the Nazi, which is the PK list, the players that are called um, on standby, because there are some very surprising names there. Even though Yakin didn't choose any new faces in the actual squad, there were many, many surprises on the standby list, Giacomo, right? Yes, a lot of players from the Super League. Uh, offensive players, Gimeno, Dua, Botani, Marquezano, uh, the fresh air is there. He's not on the 23 list, but... Uh, the PK list is full of uh, of new <clears throat> names. Uh, some are, are more surprising than others, like you say. But um, Yakin, even if he keeps that that balance in the group, he shows that he's keeping an eye on the on the Superling and on the other Swiss players by uh, by calling that uh, that list. Yes, definitely, and also. Um, I mean, it's like you said, it's just a great reward if you perform excellent in the Super League, you will seemingly get a shot in somewhere around the nuts, even though you might not be called up directly, but maybe you have a chance if someone gets injured or something, because you're at least on standby. Um, Kvad Vodua, for example, is the greatest, is just um, the perfect example, because um, the guy has been on fire since uh, 2022, started with St. Gallen scoring eight goals in just nine games, and now earning his first ever Nazi call-up so to speak even though it's only on standby um so that's just great if you if you perform excellent in your local league you will get a shot and um i think that's just uh it's the right reward for for excellency for excellence for excellence not for excellency yes um all right so i think now we can move on to the u21 nazi or do you have something else no, no, it's good. We can go to the U21 who are playing uh, on Friday in Lausanne against Wales uh, for the, the qualifying. So 
those are not uh, not stressful games, but <laughs> they are really games that matter. Exactly. Uh, Euro qualification against Wales in Lausanne and then against the Netherlands in Deventer. Um, yeah, it's uh, unlike the, the A team, the U21 Nazi, they do have some new faces there, free actually. Um, Levin Bloom, right back from eBay. It was logical that he would get his first call up because he's been. Uh, He's been very, very uh, a regular player for eBay and doing very good. Um, Ardon Yashari, central midfielder from Luzern, um, who has very quickly become one of my favorites. Um, excellent player, midfielder, technically great, um, very good on the ball, um, fantastic little prospect. And then Julian Fonmos, which also seemed logical because since he's moved to St. Gallen in the winter, he's been a key player for them, scoring two goals. Uh, a, a winger with, with pace, with agility, with dynamic, with dribbling quality. So that's great to have. Um, obviously, Noah Okafor is now permanently with the A-team, so that's a big loss for the U21s. But they do have Dan and Doy, who seems to have taken kind of the next step in Basel. Or uh, how do you feel about him? Yes, we were a bit disappointing in Doy since he came back from Nizza. But now 2022 is playing way better. You know, just look at his assist on... Uh, on Sunday for the first goal uh, of Miller, he's taking more responsibilities. Maybe also the fact that Cabral is gone uh, helped him, you know, on the offensive uh, way. So yes, he's way more convincing than that that he was in at the end of 2021. And so maybe he's going soon in the A Nati. Maybe, maybe even though Noah Okafor obviously on the same position does have the edge ahead of him right now, um, but also Okafor is a bit older, so. Um, but the, yeah, Dan Endoy, his, his development now is going into the right direction. He's also scored in the Conference League against Marseille, even though Basel crashed out um, in the round of 16, but he still got his goal. Um, all in all, an exciting player, fast, um, dynamic, strong in one versus one situations and capable of getting scores, assists and goals. Um, so that's great to have. And he's going to have a key role in the U21 Nazi, I think, together with Castriot Imeri who has been with the A-team last autumn and has now been called back by Lustrinelli. Um, Imeri is playing simply a fantastic season. He has now scored already his 10th goal of the season on the weekend. A beautiful chip um, against Sion. Beautiful goal. Um, and Imeri is just the player for the special flair. He's always scoring the beautiful goals. He's, he's giving the beautiful passes. He has that technical quality that not many players have in Switzerland. And he is also one of my favorite players. I, I have to admit it. And uh, I think that U21 Nazi will be just great fire with Imeri as number 10, Ndoy on the right, maybe Amduni on the left, who is also having a great season, or uh, Fonmos. And then up front, someone like Filip Stojkovic, who is also convincing in Sion. So I think that's a very solid um, U21 squad. Yes, and they can also rely on Omeragic, that uh, was also with the A-team and that, he, like you said, Bustinelli called him back. So defensively, offensively, we really have a lot of talent in Euro 21. Really exciting team, you know, it's really an exciting team. We say it almost every time, but um, I really think they can compete with Wales, with Netherlands, without problems. Yes, I mean, one question mark will be the absence of Fabian Rieder because he's injured. Um, yes. But we have enough fantastic central midfielders. Simon Som um, is starting as well as Alexandre Jankiewicz, which leaves one place open, probably for Ardon Yashari, maybe, um, or Gabriel Bares. 
Nein, no, actually, probably Barres will start. Maybe Imeri, oh, do you think Imeri will play as a number eight? Could, oh, well, well, maybe. Well, if they play with three in the middle, yeah, maybe, maybe. It could be, but, you know, the I think anyone can play, you know, because everyone uh, has talent, everyone has can really bring something to the team. So Lucinelli, even if he's missing Reader, he's missing other players, he has the alternatives to... To, to in order to to put on the on the pitch a, a great starting eleven. Yes, definitely. Mm. And um, I mean the centre back options are crazy. Leonidas Stergio is the captain. Bechiro Maragic, you mentioned him, and then they also have Marco Burg, who is a fantastic player for Lucerne. Um, so I think in last games they were playing with three at the back to kind of play all of these guys, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Lucinelli sticks to that strategy. Yes, yes, they also, there is also Uzic, there is also Vuyo, so um, a lot of uh, quality centre-backs for Rustinelli. For yes, it's really a, a deep squad. I, I really, you know, I don't see weak points of that, that squad, to be honest. Left-back? Left-back is maybe, but Uzic can play left-back. Yeah, but, well, uh, this is not the natural left-back, because we, we don't have a natural left-back there. Jan Kronik has played there in the last couple of games, but he's also playing that in Arau Challenge League, um, but he is actually, uh, well, actually he was a centre-back first and he's not that, you know, he's rather defensively, not that attackingly. So he's not really fast, um, even though, you know, he scored a great goal for the 21 Nazi, I think against Gibraltar. Yes. Um, but I mean, he's not your attacking fullback, uh, like Living Bloom, for example, on the other, on the, on the right side. Yes, right. Maybe on the wing backs, the is the 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 weak point of that. Maybe uh, that U twenty one. Yeah, but uh, I mean, also U twenty one Nazi. I'm I'm thrilled to see these games, and uh, yeah, I think I think for now we have discussed everything that we wanted to discuss, Giacomo. Right? Or do you have anything to add? I, I just I just talked about someone uh, for the left back spot. Maybe yes. Isaac Schmidt could could be a, a possibility yeah. coming. But he's from 99, Yes, no? exactly. Ah, he yes, he would have been there, obviously, but he is, ah, yes. he's one year too old, unfortunately. He, he's yes. not eligible for the U21s, unfortunately. But yes, I mean, if, if you're looking at a bigger perspective, Nazi future left back, um, which is also a little bit of a question mark because Rodriguez is aging and also not an attacking fullback. Um, we don't really have that many options. Loris Benito isn't that convincing, to be honest. Uli Garcia defensively, not that great. Um, Jordan Lotomba, actually a right back and a left back, which only leaves us Miro Muheim, who is playing HSV, second Bundesliga. Um, and then maybe Isaac Schmidt, who is, is having a formidable season yes. at left back in St. Gallen. So I think Schmidt might have even the best chances out of these if we look into the future. If he continues is de to develop at that pace. Exactly. All right. But for today, I think we should wrap it up. Um, we'll be back probably with a reaction episode after these games and um, to talk about everything that's happened. And until then, um, I wish you a, a very good week. Have fun watching the Swiss Nazi or your national team. Maybe your, your, your country is competing in the World Cup playoffs. Um, so that's going to be very stressful. But um, Not um, Earth. <laughs> not ours and i'm very happy with that <laughs> um but for now thank you so much for tuning in once again and happy to speak to you again giacomo next week 
拜拜。